The Devar Torah this week is B'schus Rufush Lema Devar Asara Bas Rachel. In this week's Parsha, Yosef pulls some good old-fashioned shtick. When sitting with his brothers, he divulges tons of information about them and pretends like he's divining it through his goblet. Now, we the readers, of course, know that he only knows this info because he's actually their brother, and they don't know that. He plays up the significance of the goblet and then deliberately plants it in Binyamin's bag. Yosef accuses one of them of stealing the cup, and they all protest, of course, and claim their innocence. And they even allow Yosef's officials to rummage through their belongings because they're so confident that the goblet has not been stolen by any of them. And the Torah tells us, right? So he searches, he starts with the oldest, ends with the youngest. He had a flair for the dramatics, knowing that he put it in Binyamin's uh, bag. So he wanted to find it last. And he finds it. And he finds it in Binyamin's bag. Now the Gemara Psachim on Zion Amid Bez learns out from this Pasuk, from our Parsha, that the search that we do for Bedikas Chametz on the night of the 14th must be done by candlelight. And the Gemara uses the words Vayechapes and Metziah, right, searching and finding, to make several connections, which is a very nice uh, vart, very nice drasha that the Gemara makes. However, one can ask a very basic question. If the Gemara is looking for a Pasuk, in the Torah that contains both the words for search and the words for find, Vayichapes and Vayimatze, you don't have to wait until the story of Yosef. Back in Parsha's Vayetze, Yaakov is fleeing with his family from Lavan. Lavan confronts Yaakov, accuses him of stealing the idols. Yaakov denies it entirely and allows him to search wherever he wants, not knowing that Rachel obviously took her father's idols on their way out. And the Pasuk there says, Vayichapes velo matza. He searched and he didn't find it. So we have an earlier source containing these same words, the same formula, and it's even more directly stated than in our Parsha. So why does the Gemara choose to derive this halacha of Bedikas Chametz from a Pasuk in our Parsha instead? Now growing up, there was always a machlokas in my house when Bedikas Chametz would roll around. We used to go away for Pesach to my cousins in uh, Florida. We would spend the Chag with them. So we never really had to clean the house. The best part about going away is you don't have to clean. You just sell it. You hop on a plane and you come back after Pesach is over. So the first point of contention was that my mom still wanted to clean the house. She still wanted the house clean. Now it was a house full of boys. So that was an impossible sell. And we always like argued with her leading up to Pesach. But the culmination of all of these debates was always bedikas chametz. Do we have to put out bread or not? Now on the one hand, that's what you're supposed to do. On the other hand, though, there's chametz in the whole house. We didn't clean. We didn't sell it. We didn't like, get rid of any of the chametz. Why don't we just walk into the kitchen, open any cabinet, and take 10 pieces of whatever chametz we wanted? Why would we put out bread if we don't need to? And the Magen Avram weighs in on this exact question, and he rules that when it comes to medikas chametz, a person should put out 10 pieces of bread before the search in order that the search will not be completely meaningless. So if you don't end up finding anything, you still have chametz that's out there. But still, many question this practice. What kind of game is this? The whole point of Bidikas Chametz is to search for Chametz in your home. If a person puts out 10 pieces of bread, he's not actually searching for Chametz. He's just looking for the pieces of bread that he put out. He already knows their location. How does the ruling of the Magen Avram make any sense? So my friend answers this question um, in the name of their uh, Cherbina Rav, that this is precisely why the Gemara brings the Pasuk by Yosef as the source for Bidikas Chametz and not the Pasuk by Lavan. The Gemara is teaching the bigger Chiddush. 
Yosef was the one who put the goblet in Binyamin's bag, so he knew exactly where it was. It wasn't a real search. Yet, he still searched. Apparently, the Torah views going through the motions of a search, even though the location of the object is known, even though it's not technically a search that you're looking for something, it's still called a search. It's still called looking. It's still vayechapes. Lavan had no idea where his idols were. So he was actually looking for them without knowing their location. Had the Gemara not quoted the Pasuk from our Parsha, we wouldn't have known this added Chiddush, that even a search with prior knowledge of the outcome is still considered a valid search. So we have to ask the question, what's the value of that? What is the value of looking for something even when we know what we might find? So the Ramchal in the Mesilas Yisharim, in his introduction, begins the Sefer with one of the most bizarre opening lines you're ever going to find in a book. Now, one might think if you're trying to sell copies of a book, the first line of your introduction would be trying to sell yourself and sell the content of the book. You would write about how many novel ideas are in the book, in the Sefer, about what each reader can learn from such a Sefer, something along those lines. Instead, the Ramchal wrote essentially the opposite. Hachibor hazeh, this Sefer, this work, I didn't write anything to teach people things that they don't already know. Rather, to remind them of what they already know. Right? You're not going to find, in my words, novel ideas, chidushim. These are things that most people already know and don't even argue with. Worst intro ever. What is going on? What's the Ramchal telling us? Why start your Sefer like this? So I feel that the Ramchal is telling us from the onset that there is no secret formulas to working on yourself. The Sefer is about introspection. It's about growth. And that, only, that is only something that an individual can discover on their own. The Ramchal lets us know from the very beginning that we are going to be asked to conduct searches even when we might already know what we're going to find. There's no new information here. All things are already familiar to you. But self-improvement comes through introspection and searches. And it isn't about uncovering new information as much as it's about really looking inward and getting to know ourselves better. The Ramchal tells us that the progress will come through the search itself, not necessarily dependent on what you might find. And this concept has a profound message that relates to Hanukkah as well. It's only when we're willing to search for the sake of searching, instead of being dependent on what we will find, do we put ourselves in a position to find something that we never thought possible? When the Jews were looking for oil to light the menorah with, do you think they legitimately thought they were going to find anything? Everything was in ruins. The Greeks vandalized everything they could get their hands on. There's no way they actually thought that anything would be left uncontaminated. Yet, they trained themselves to search. They knew that there's value in the process of discovery itself. And it's not dependent on finding exactly what you're looking for. They searched nonetheless and ended up finding one tiny jug. And even then, they could have been upset at their findings. They could have said, it's not enough. What's one pach going to do? But yet we see hope prevailed. And they nevertheless lit that tiny amount of oil that they found. And when Hashem saw how willing and eager they were to search just to do a mitzvah, he took care of the rest. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs says that this is precisely what we are celebrating on the first night of Hanukkah. You know, there's a famous question based on the math word problem of Hanukkah. If they find enough oil to last one day and it lasts eight days, then the miracle is only seven days long. A famous question. 
Why do we celebrate eight days if the oil only really burned for an extra seven? So many, many, many answers given to this question. Rabbi Sachs explains that we are celebrating the fact that the Jews in the times of Hanukkah never lost hope. They had no reason to think that they would find anything, yet they searched anyway. He writes that they had the faith that even from the worst tragedy, something had to survive. The miracle of the first night of Hanukkah was the faith to search itself. And Rabbi Sachs goes on to explain that this has always been the case in Jewish history. One of the major things that has kept the Jewish people going time and time again, tragedy after tragedy, has been our ability to keep hope and faith alive. To always be willing to search for a tiny jug of oil. We've been humanity's ne'er tamid, he says, that no one will ever be able to extinguish. And the same can be true about self-introspection. Even if we know ourselves and we know that each time we look inside, we're going to find those same flaws at least we have become people who think critically. At least we search. And when Hashem sees us searching ourselves, even when we often know what we might find, He surprises us. And He shows us that we are capable of things we never thought possible. Everybody should have a great Shabbos and a Lichtige Chanukah.